Hello, 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 and welcome to the Cinema Judge. For all my regulars out there, welcome back. You guys tune in for high budget, low budget, independent, whatever it is, you guys are awesome. I am so grateful for you guys every week. But now, if you're a first-time listener, let me briefly tell you about our show. We love movies. We like to share movies with you. We're not here to get in the way, interrupt, yell, complain, criticize people, that's not our jam here. And I collect information. The studios, they send me all the information, interviews, scenes, on the set stuff, you name it. I put it together and I give it to you, the jury, and you make up your own mind because any movie is somebody's favorite movie. Consider this a movie oasis, a place where you can just get away from it all because it's a noisy, noisy world. Here, you learn about one movie or TV show because we all want the same thing an enjoyable movie experience, and to spend our hard-earned money wisely. Now, approaching the bench today, we have the newest film from Dwayne Johnson from DC Films. It's Black Adam. Now, here it is in a quick nutshell. Nearly 5,000 years after he was given almighty powers of the Egyptian gods and imprisoned just as quickly, Black Adam is freed from his earthly tomb, ready to unleash his unique form of justice on the modern world. Because in order to get his powers, they sacrificed his son, or his son sacrificed himself to save him. It's been 5,000 years, and he's not too happy. Here's a trailer for Black Adam. My son sacrificed his life to save me. These powers are not a gift but a curse. Born out of rage. So I'm out to know. This loose cannon needs to be locked down before innocent people start getting hurt. He's been asleep for 5,000 years. You find us a cell that can hold him, we'll take care of the rest. Who's on the team? I didn't bring a passport. We don't need passports. We're the Justice Society. There's a war going on outside, we ain't safe from Black Adam. We're here to negotiate your peaceful surrender. Heard about at least three killings this afternoon. I'm not peaceful. Nor do I surrender. Here we go. I kneel before no one. You didn't come here to seek justice. You came to exact revenge. I never said I was a hero. Giving you respect, I expect the same thing. You believe you are not worthy. But fate does not make mistakes. I'll fight for you. You have two paths. You 
can be the destroyer of this world. Or you can be its savior. Now, up first, we're going to hear from the director of Black Adam. And I love what he talks about here because he he associates this character with some of the early Clint Eastwood films. And that's what people need to focus on because being an anti-hero isn't a bad guy. It's just a different way of going about things. Because a lot of times these kind of characters are misunderstood. They're growing, they're changing because of something that happened in their past. That's how they're facing this situation. Because I've heard a lot of people... Not a lot of people, but I've read a few articles where people are complaining about Black Adam being intense, maybe, you know, killing people. But not every superhero has to be exactly the same template. This is the kind of movie where it's not just a cookie cutter. It explores a different realm of dealing with situations about grief. Because remember, this character, he's been asleep or imprisoned for 5,000 years. He's not too happy about that. So how do you address that? He's not going to come out all squeaky clean and go, well, everything is fine and dandy. And that's what I like about this director. He talks about looking back at those films in the 70s where some of the characters were like that. And immediately after that, we're going to get into an interview with Dwayne Johnson. And he's going to talk about the development process of this movie, that he wanted to do this many years ago, but because of his status... They weren't really willing to invest this kind of money in a a big budget film. But as he grew as an actor in in his whole arsenal, then, well, well, of course, here, here it is. And that's great. He worked hard. He got it done. And that's what's so cool about Dwayne Johnson. He has a passion. He knows what he wants. And he goes for it. And that's what we have today. Black Adam. Now, just in case you want to know, what else has this director been doing or what else is he known for? Well, he, he was executive producer of The Shallows in 2016, Unknown in 2011, Orphan in 2009, House of Wax 2005, but he also directed Jungle Cruise in 2021 and The Commuter in 2018. So he knows action. He knows what he's doing. So here are the director and Dwayne Johnson. In the kind of movies that I have done in the past, I like characters of, uh, you know, that kind of like walk that fine line between uh, doing the right thing and doing what needs to be done. Um, And um, so I was attracted to that. And I immediately saw um, a character that was very similar to some of the characters played by uh, Clint Eastwood in the 70s, um, where um, in a in a time and a place where the system breaks down, that character was able to um, to bring justice in ways that other people were not able to do. So I felt like I hadn't seen that character in the superhero space, and that to me was very exciting. Black Adam actually came on to my radar when I was a kid. I love comic books, and I always gravitated towards Black Adam because he was one of the very few of the 
superheroes, supervillains, antiheroes, however you want to categorize Black Adam. He was one of the few who looked like me. It was in the mid-2000s, maybe 2006, 2007, when we first started to discuss the idea with Warner Brothers of possibly making a movie based on uh, Black Adam. It wasn't the easiest road because Black Adam was not one of the main superheroes that was world-renowned and beloved. So it was a little bit of a challenge. And certainly I was in a different point in my career back in the mid to later 2000s. Um, certainly not in the position that I am in today to make uh, a movie like Black Adam happen. So the talks back then were exciting. However, they really didn't go anyplace. But uh, that did not mean that we ever gave up hope and faith that we were one day going to make Black Adam. Oh, man, he's just a man. His passion, his drive. You know, you can't say enough of great things about Dwayne Johnson. His, he just He's all in. When he's in a project, he's all in. And he has that charisma. And I don't know if there's really anybody out there. I've never heard of anybody who says, oh, I don't like him. I don't like his movies. I've never heard that from one person. Not that if you don't like him, I'm not saying that's bad. But he has that personality that's very rare. He has that personality personality that's going to make him an icon one day. Because he can do it all. He can do action, comedy, drama, you name it. If he sets his mind to it, he could do it. Now, coming up next, we're going to hear from the director. And he's going to talk about his goal to this movie. About what he wanted to accomplish. He wanted to make a Black Adam movie. But also, he talks about how he introduces all these other characters. He doesn't wait until another movie or another movie or another movie. There's a lot going on in the script. And it's cool what he talks about there. But immediately after that, we're going to talk to, or not we're going to talk to, but we're going to hear from Aldous Hodge, who plays Hawkman. And he talks about his character and the whole history of that. And it just, and he talks about some of the other characters too. But again, it's so cool to hear these actors so passionate about their roles. And then right after that, and at the end of his interview, you hear him talk about, he gets to work with Pierce Bronson. <laughs> it's really kind of cool. At the end of the interview, he's like, hey, come on, James Bond. But he talks about the character, Dr. Fate. And then Pierce Bronson comes on and he talks about, oh, you know, it's like, oh man, when am I going to get my chance of making these kind of movies? Where can I fit in? And it's so cool knowing somebody on that level, that status, you know, could sit there and go, man, I wonder if I could fit in. I mean, really, you, you have all that talent, but I get it. Every actor, every person goes through that thinking, oh, I wonder if I could ever get my shot. Will they ever give me a, an opportunity? So it's really cool hearing him, James Bond, talking about that, about how much he wanted to be part of this this whole project. I honestly just wanted to tell his story. I mean, my main objective was just to make it a Black Adam movie and um, to offer the fans a clear understanding of why he is the way he is and what happened to him, you know? So in the movie, we are also introducing other characters um, with the Justice Society that's, um, you know, for extra superheroes, which is not very usual in a superhero movie. Usually you go just introduce one by one and then they all come together in another movie. 
so for me, the big challenge was to still make it a Black Adam movie while introducing other superheroes, which are amazing and they deserve this, their space and people don't know them that much. So they deserve to be introduced properly. So um, there was a lot of things going on in the script. Uh, and my main goal, you know, to this day <laughs> is to make it a Black Adam movie and that we understand uh, his journey. You know, I play Hawkman, a.k.a. Carter Hall or Couture Hall, depending on what age and era we're talking about. Um, you know, Hawkman, uh, he's a character who has the power to reincarnate. So back in his first life, uh, back when he was a, an Egyptian prince uh, named Khufu, he found this Thanagarian metal called Nth Metal that he realized he could use to negate the or defy gravity and could fly. He could do a whole bunch of other things with this metal as well, which he found out later through the years. So for him, he used this metal, applied it as a warrior, applied it to his natural way of being. And as he dies and reincarnates through life he's still journeying as this warrior he still knows who he is he collects and, and sort of finds pieces of himself finds pieces of his history to hold on to he is a warrior through and through and i love the fact that he's just a man of fully you know fully fortified moral ethics so we have carter hall who's right now leading the jsa he takes on different hosts every you know every every so often so in this lifetime we get to see him being uh hosted rather by kent good friend of carter and we get to see their budding relationship and their friendship uh shine through and you know for me it's pretty cool because kent is played by pierce brosnan and you know it's pierce 007 so yeah it's just cool um and then we have noah centineo playing adam smasher um, Adam, Adam Smash is awesome because he's so funny. He's witty. Uh, you know, he, he has the ability to smash Adams, change his physical form to grow as big as he can grow and then, you know, shrink down. So we get to have a lot of fun seeing that, how it plays out. And then also just with Adam Smash's attitude and, you know, coming up as sort of young, uh, He's not, you know, he, he likes to get into a little bit of trouble here and there, you know, but uh, he's funny. And I think that people are going to love seeing this side of Noah. And then we also have Cyclone, you know, played by Quintessa Sundell. Cyclone has this awesome power to just manipulate wind, create exactly that. Cyclone's tornado. She can just, you know, take a whole building and just whip it around with wind. And she's pretty awesome. And I get to, you know, we're going to get to see a character move in a way that we haven't seen before in terms of her, uh, in terms of Cyclone's agility and Cyclone's uh, capabilities uh, with how, you know, they move through the air. So that's going to be pretty cool. Visually stunning. We're going to see something we haven't seen before. Uh, my life really is more dealing with painting these days. And then I kind of pack the suitcase and I come out on the road and make a movie. And in this case, discover these wonderful actors uh, Quintessa, Noah, Aldous, uh, I am deeply fond of and deeply impressed by their work. It really is so sharp as a knife and very precise, very focused. And so when my agent called me up there oh, months ago and I was offered this job, uh, <laughs> I was so overjoyed, so overwhelmed, really. And uh, I would look at these films, 
and say, I wonder will I ever be offered anything? Where will I fit in? Where will Pierce fit into this kind of proscenium arch of adventure films? And lo and behold, here I am now playing this legendary, iconic character, Dr. Fate, with these magnificent actors. And, of course, leading the whole charge is Dwayne. Dwayne Johnson, you know, The Rock. And I've, I've watched him create this monolithic career for himself and a, and a presence on the stage of cinematic history and giving so much of himself to the world of entertainment and the community at large. Now, with all that said, we have a clip for you. Now, in this clip, there's not a lot of dialogue, but I'm going to try to paint a picture for you. Floating in the air... We have Black Adam. He's holding two people by the, their shirts or whatever in midair. And shortly, you know, really near them, we have the Justice League. They're in a plane or you know, spaceship. And you hear Hawkman explaining to the, the younger kids or the, you know, the people, from, to Adam Smasher in Cyclone, this is who I am, this is who you are. You know, we got to be on this. And then Black Adam goes, bloop, he drops the two people. But then... Hawkman, he, you know, jumps from the spaceship and he, you know, goes flying after him. And then Dr. Fate kind of, you know, says a little line, you know, kind of setting the whole thing up. Okay, that wasn't the greatest description in the world, but Black Adam, holding two people, floating in the air, drops them, Hawkman go chasing them. That's what it is. Fate and I will take the lead. Listen, you two hang back till we call you. We're the anvil, you're the hammer. You're ready. Uh, you just dropped the honey. Be prepared. Now, coming up next, we're going to hear from Aldous Hodge, who plays Hawkman, and he's going to talk about working with both Dwayne Johnson and the director. And then right after that, we're going to hear from Quintessa Swindell, who plays Cyclone. And she's also going to talk about working with Dwayne Johnson. But then right after that, we're going to play another clip for you. But here's, here's, here's the rub on the clip. This clip has zero dialogue. So I always struggle with this. Should I play the clip or not? It's really cool to look at, but you might not get it if I just play it randomly. But, like at the end of the show, I'll tell you, if you do want to watch this show in the scenes that you'll, you hear here, I'm going to give you the website so you can watch the TV version of this so you can actually, you know, check it all out. But this is the scene that happens from that earlier scene, you know, how he drops those two people. Well, you know, Black Adam, he, you know, goes back to the ground or he comes close to the ground, but then Hawkman zooms up to him and just boom, pummels him and he hits a building. And then he, you know, he stands up and it's a cool little zoom into the character as he stands up and looks at him. And then Hawkman flies over to him, stands on the ground, and he pulls out this staff or whatever, and he's going to attack him. So he flies towards him. Black Adam just kind of stands there. Boom. Catches him in midair. And like, zoom. Shoots him towards, like, a car, and he hits the car. So uh, that's the situation that's going on there. Yeah, working with DJ is cool, man. He's got a great attitude, really good energy, always supportive, and, uh, 
you know, it's it's nice to know that we're coming into this equally excited. You know what I mean? We're we're finding our way in the superhero space, and we're getting to just try a bunch of different cool new things. And our director is great for that because his, you know, he's just got ideas for days. So uh, it's just it's been a really cool, real cool environment, man, for sure. Yeah, the way we've been coming at it, man, it's just. I feel like there's a real sort of uh, camaraderie when it comes to highlighting the real attributes of these two characters, making sure that the fans, whatever we get into, are going to get something exciting. If they're fighting, if they're squared off, you know, but also trying to build up. We're focusing on building up what their relationship is, the trajectory of their journey from beginning to end, uh, because they're natural adversaries who are both on the side of the good in their own ways, which kind of clashes. So it's like there's a a strange mutual respect between these characters, but they're just always bumping heads. DJ is, you know, he's like a, he, he's just in, incredibly seasoned. He's like driven and focused. They've been working on the story for like 10 or more years. So he's really dedicated to it and making it the best that it can be. And it's really awesome just having that influence over the project. Everyone just wants it to be um, the best that it can, so. We're all just working in tandem with one another. So it's been great. He's amazing. Yeah, it's interesting because for prep for the movie, I was looking at a bunch of different comics um, that include Black Adam that just like have him incorporated into the storyline. And for me, when I was looking at the character, I'm like, I don't think there's anybody else who could have like done it the way he would do it. And it just fits symbiotically. Um, but yeah, it's great. He's, he's like the leader of Kondok and also like well, I mean, like in other comics, like the leader of like the metahumans. So it's kind of cool just like how it is also like outside of set. You know, he's like a leader and helps and just like takes everything into consideration. And so it's really nice working with like an actor who's, you know, yeah, they like take charge. It's, it's really awesome. He's cool. Now, we're going to hear from the director next, and he's going to talk about the new recruits that are part of this Justice League. And immediately after that, we're going to hear from Quintessa Swindell, who plays Cyclone. And I love, I just love what she talks about here. She talks about this is the first time she's dealt with a director who's, when they're on set, they're just cranking music. It's just really kind of cool to see what some actors like and what some actors don't. Because I get it. Some people like to be focused and just be strictly in character, but some like to keep it loose and all that good stuff. And that's what he provided, and that's what was within her wheelhouse. And then we're going to hear from the guy who plays Adam Smasher, Noah. And he's just going to talk a little bit more about his character, and also working with the director. And then after that, we're going to hear from Mohammed Amir. And he also just really gets into talking about the director, how much he appreciates the brilliance and everything that he brings to the table. So we have uh, Hawkman, um, Dr. Fate, Cyclone, and Atom Smasher. Hawkman and Dr. Fate are two of the oldest members of the JSA, um, the founding members, per se. And uh, Cyclone and Atom Smasher, they're newer members, uh, and they're almost like, in our movie, they're almost like new recruits. 
So it's the first time that they go out on a mission. And so um, in the team, you have that dynamic of the senior versus the new recruits, and they have to learn to work together. I was just like so taken back. Like he's so cool. We like a lot of the same music and he's the first director that I've experienced to like play music um, before we shoot on set. So we'll just be in these like massive studios just listening to like Pop Smoke. And <laughs> that's just like really awesome. He's great. He has like a, a really strong vision and a dedication to the story. And so working with a director who uh, just has that focus and that all around knowledge of the story and where he wants it to go and like a really strong artistic vision for it too has is, is been inspiring and also just, I, I think it has influenced us to work as hard as we can to make it, you know, aligned with how he envisions the, the movie to go. Uh, well, his name is uh, Albert Rothstein. Um, and he is one of the new recruits to the Justice Society. Um, his superpowers, I don't know if you'd be interested in knowing, but his superpowers are he can modify his molecular structure um, at will. Um, he controls the density of his body and his bones, essentially, so he can get bigger and he can get heavier and stronger and faster. Drama is a genius. Like, you know, a lot of people throw that word around sometimes and a little bit too much, but the man is an absolute genius, and I cannot believe how hard he works. Like, it's really inspiring like i got emotional just thinking about it like how you know first of all whenever a director or anyone but a director especially on this scale believes in you is very exciting because you always believe in yourself you're like i got you you don't even know what you got you know like you think you know but i got so much more to give uh and it's really exciting to see someone or to feel someone that truly believes in you in that way it makes you work that much harder but he is he's like a brilliant man like I don't know how he keeps it all in his mind the way he does and I thought I was really talented at that but I am nothing he's he's so spectacular what he does he's really gets the most out of you every time he knows when to give you a compliment which are rare <laughs> if it doesn't say anything that's good news maybe um, if he says you did a good job that means you killed it and if he said it's amazing, then you did a spectacular job. So fortunate enough to hear all those three things <laughs> throughout the shoot. Um, he's just really great, man. I can't say enough things about Jama. Like, I, I want to work with him all the time. He just makes you feel at home. Um, at first, it was a little scary, you know, like, it's so much. We were the first week of shoot, and, of course, productions, their first week, especially on this scale, I would assume, they're really stressful. So it was it was one of those things that you had to acclimate, but then after that first day, we were, we were going right at it, and it was, it was so, it's so fun working with Jama. He's, and Larry, you know, like, they're just incredible. They're a great tag team. Like, what a, what a, lucky situation to be in to work with people that know know um, filmmaking so well. It's incredible. Now, speaking of the new recruits, we have a clip for you. Now, in this scene, both of them are up in the ship waiting to be called down after those other two go chasing Black Adam. And then they hear through the radio, it's your time. So then Cyclone just, you know, zooms out of the ship and starts flying down there. And then here... Adam Smasher goes, mm, I don't fly, I get big. And then you cut down to the, the ground level there on the, where the, the fight's happening, and Cyclone is doing her thing, spinning around, and grabs all this construction stuff or like these poles and throws them at Black Adam. And they all like, like boom, 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 boom. 
en- encompass him, so he's almost like in a cage. But then, you know, he, he gets out of that. <laughs> but then behind Black Adam, you see this giant person, Adam Smasher, just cruising down the road. And this guy's like a a giant, right? And Black Adam's like getting all his energy, like he's going to like send out lightning bolts. And <laughs> before it happens, that Adam Smasher runs up to him with his big fist and just wham, smashes him like an ant. Look at that suit. It's cool. Thanks. You too. Cyclone, Smasher, now is your time. Not me. I don't fly. I get big. That's what I do. in that clip you might you know you might not have heard it you hear adam smasher talk to cyclone saying oh i like your outfit well in this next interview we're gonna hear from her and she's gonna talk about that whole concept of her outfit and how much it was involved but also then she's gonna talk about her training about you know everything that was involved in creating this role because she didn't have a huge like uh, dance background or anything like that but then working with the people to create the character. So I really like this kind of like this deep dive into the costume and the training that's involved. It's really kind of cool. Um, I love Cyclone's like clothes. I think she has just like a really eclectic style. Um, uh, there's like a lot of influences of like the Wizard of Oz, like obviously with this monkey. Um, and I just like the, the level of play that Cyclone has, even for her... Um, hero costume there's an element of play with it i know she accumulated all of these pieces from like a costume uh shop and i think she has like a background in like theater and like a really strong adoration for the play wicked and so when she was creating like her look and everything she just pulled all of these elements that she really loved from like the wicked witch to you know everything and like uh wicked or oz and yeah, that influenced a lot of her her style. But I love it. It's cool. It's the first costume I've like worn so far that is just like completely comfortable. So yeah, Kurt and Bart, they're like they're amazing. Um, it was great just like getting into the first fittings and the array of clothing that they had picked out. Like there was a level of like theatricality to her clothes and how they were kind of seeing her. Um, and it was just really nice being able to work with, you know, a stylist that, um, or two stylists that just like, you know, had like a lot of love for the character and wanted to make it the best that it could be. Um, but then I just really admired too that there was uh, no hypersexualization in the character whatsoever. Like it was nice being able to play a young girl just as she is with like, you know, play and, and fun and she wears whatever she wants. And to have that validated um, on this type of level was just really, uh, really nice. In uh, LA and she has like this uh, Cirque school, um, Aloshi Gavra, and she was amazing. She helped me with my flexibility. She helped me with um, a lot of these boundaries that I had prematurely put on myself that 
uh, I wasn't going to be able to move in a certain way that I wanted or I didn't have like a very intensive dance background. Um, so she really helped me, you know, kind of expand um, on what my body uh, can naturally do and then just really flowing with that. And um, there was a major inspiration that we had for Cyclone and that was, uh, I hope I'm not butchering her name, but Loey Fuller. And she's this um, pioneer uh, dancer from France and she has these massive just, um, it was, it's like sticks with fabric and she would just move the fabric all around and it would just create these beautiful, um, almost like butterfly-like type of movements with like pops of color and different things like that. So she was a major inspiration. Um, and so when we got to set to do a few of the stunts, I was like, please let me do it because my, I just have such a, a vivid um, idea of like how Cyclone moves. And the people that we were working with, the stunt team here, they were very complimentary of that. And I also have like a, an amazing dance double who's bomb and kind of moves in the same way too, of just making the movement very free and flowing and pulling from different influences, like traditional forms of movement and dance with like massive skirts. Um, there was an element of capoeira that we used for movement um, that also incorporated flexibility. And Alvin Ailey, we were pulling some um, ideas from that. We pulled from traditional forms of like fighting, like wushu. Um, yeah, there, there's just like so much that we were like inspired by. So yeah, we tried to all like put it all in. And I think also we worked on whacking, which is like really cool to just like create that movement. So yeah, there's like so much. I just love hearing that. I mean, that's like a little mini deep dive in creating a character. But up next, speaking of characters, the director and Dwayne Johnson are going to be talking about this character because it's not like every other character we all know. And that's what, you know, they talk about here. First, the director, and then we hear from Dwayne Johnson about not all characters are always the same and how his character might not do all all the things the same as everybody else, but it still has a great result. I'm just going to let them ride with this because they say it a lot better than I can. That's one of the interesting parts of, of, of our movie as it, as it kind of thematically talks about um, what what makes a hero, or or, or who um, who has the right to to define what justice is, and and I think that I wouldn't call Black Adam's moral code questionable. I would just say that his moral code is just not maybe up to date with the times that we live in, right? So I mean, this is a guy. That, that was born 5,000 years ago, where things were very different. So uh, he's a no-nonsense kind of a guy that just um, uh, does things his way for what he believes is right. And when he meets somebody like Hawkman, who has a very strict and, and very defined justice and moral code, they are kind of at odds with each other. But um, they're both you know, two sides of the same coin. And through the movie, in that uh, argument, you know, the audience is put in the position to understand both sides, and we never tell them like who's right or who's wrong. Um, um, I think that in in a complex world that we live in, you need both. An antihero, in my opinion, kind of lives in that gray area, kind of lives right in the middle. Um, 
sometimes are good, sometimes they're not so good. Sometimes the interpretation of the things that they do in their actions uh, can be thought of as that's bad, that's a villain. Or sometimes, which is mostly <laughs> the case of me and how I was growing up and how I still am, is sometimes those actions that may be deemed bad um, are actually good and needed. And what's interesting, what I found in Black Adam is the world can view things as black or white, but in the middle, that gray area, there's a lot of color in that gray area. You found that with Black Adam. We have found that with Black Adam. Now that we have stood this character up on its feet and delivered a movie that we are now watching audiences watch. That must be so rewarding as an actor. You've been working on a project for so long, for many, many years, and now finally people are seeing it. That must be a terrifying, but rewarding because you know you've created a good project. But still, there's that fear because, oh my goodness, maybe I had tunnel vision. Maybe I wasn't seeing the big picture. So it's really kind of cool that, that there it is. They finally be able to share it with everybody else. Now, in that interview, both those interviews, they talk about this character being on a different path. Now, in this scene we have next, it kind of really talks about that. It really sums it up in one simple scene. We have Black Adam, Dr. Fate, and Hawkman. And they're in this little room because Hawkman drops off the bad guys and he gives them a big speech. Well, not a big speech, but he tells them, you know, heroes don't kill people. But then they have this little cool little zoom sound and the music really picks up. But he says, well, I do. Here's that scene. I told you, stop killing people. They look alive to me. Because I saved them. Well, that's why I waited until you were there. I got the information I needed. No one died. I did it your way. He does have a point. I know it got lost in all the confusion, but we still have some issues to settle here. There are only heroes, and there are villains. You think yourself a hero, but you would let these criminals go free. Heroes don't kill people. Well, I do. Now, as you could tell, this movie does have edge. And in this next interview, you're going to hear Dwayne Johnson addressing that how much he enjoys that. That's what the DC universe often does. Because a lot of times if you compare DC with other other platforms, if you will, sometimes they're not so, you know, this way. A lot of times they, they fight amongst themselves or all that jazz. It's But it's pretty squeaky clean. But DC, they go places. Sometimes they're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe they're, they're doing that. But that's what sets them apart from other universes that they can go dark or darker and they take that risk because in all of us there's light and dark or whatever however you want to put it but that that's what's kind of cool to have that edge and he talks about that and then right after that he also talks about how he wanted to shoot this a lot of the interviews and everything like that in Hawaii because that's where he comes from and he has he had to deal with so much growing up and he's felt he's wanted to give back. This is really kind of cool interviews. Check it out. I think because of the edge and that the characters of DC uh, have edge. They have a little bit of darkness. Sometimes they have a lot of darkness. And that is, I think, one of the many reasons why DC has endured is because, man, if you think about it, even in the early comics uh, from 
Justice Society, Justice League, etc. Those early comics, they were swinging. And they were big swings. Big world-building swings. Um, and these characters that had some complex uh, issues, complex stories, but big stories. Um, and, and I love the edge. I've always loved the edge about DC characters. And I think the world does too as well. It was deeply important to me uh, to film my Black Adam interview here in Hawaii because it's my home. And because this is where I grew up and this is where the spirit and the mana is and it flows through my body. And this is an important passion project to me. I am so deeply passionate. I've about, I'm passionate about a lot of things I do, about everything I do, but Black Adam was special. And also, and I know it sounds crazy, but Black Adam went through a lot of struggle to get where he finally got to. Uh, here in Hawaii is where we went through struggle. It's much different these days in my life, and I could come back here and, you know, we're bringing production back here to Hawaii, and I'm at a different point in my career, but... Many moons ago, when I lived here as a kid, well, we struggled here. We struggled so much, we got evicted off the island because we couldn't pay rent. So, and I know it sounds crazy, but it was important to me to come back here where I struggled to talk about a movie that was so important to me about a character that, that, that struggled bad, but he overcame and he wound up galvanizing people around him. I just love that interview. He still has a connection to when he was a kid. Because I think every one of us, we go through life and sometimes we forget those little struggles we had. But somebody like this, when you're that high up, that successful, and he still remembers, he still wants to give back. Because he gets it. Like the character, the character struggles. He's not perfect. He has to grow. And that's where the the story starts. It starts from that point of utter pain because it was 5,000 years for this character from when the situation happens and then boom, here he is today. Of course, you have have to take time to adjust and that's what's cool, the growth. Just like he grew from a kid realizing they got kicked off the island, they were maybe not very well to do, but now here he is today, redemption. He can now give back, bring jobs back back to Hawaii, and contribute. And just on a personal note, I understand that because when I grew up, my, I had a single mother, my brother and I, we, we didn't have much. I mean, we were on you know income from the government. And I remember even going to school, our ticket was a different color, pointing out that we were low income. And I remember even people saying, why is your ticket a different color? Ours is this, oh, are you poor? You know, it's things like that that stick in your head because, yeah, we were poor. But, you know, when I was in in my home, I didn't feel poor. But when you get in the outside world, you start realizing how well off others are and they take it for granted. But that's what I really like about Dwayne Johnson. He still has a connection to his youth, understanding what it's like not to have everything just handed to him. He had to work for it. And I just really appreciate that. And I think that's what he brings to these kind of roles. The character is flawed, but it's growing. Now, I hope you enjoyed our in-depth look at Black Adam. 
Now, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, please let me know. Cinemajudge at Hotmail.com Or if you want to watch the TV version of this, go to either Bloomington, Minnesota's webpage or go to bit.ly backwards slash cinema judge. And when you go there, there should be a, a whole bunch of shows there, including this one, on demand whenever you want to see it. And I'd love your feedback. If you guys want to comment, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, whatever you want to do, I would love to hear from you because I can't grow if I don't know. So feel free, let me know. How can I improve this show? But now it's shout out time. For all you all around the world, I hope my voice finds you well. For all of you listening at work, at home, driving to work, or just relaxing however you're doing it, I thank you. And keep letting me know how you listen. I love hearing about that. Because you could be listening to next day after I drop this. Or going to be two weeks, two months, two years from now. But I love it and I appreciate it. And all these shoutouts are the people who listened to the last episode. But don't think for one second I don't appreciate you listen to the back catalog. That shows up, but it's a hot, lot harder to follow. But when that happens, I kid you not. I am dancing every time I see somebody listen to a, hey, they listen to a show from this, you know, from whatever it was. It doesn't matter. I get so overjoyed, and I appreciate that. But this shout-out goes out to the last episode. So wherever, whenever, or whatever you're doing, this is for you. All my listeners from the United States, all the listeners from Germany, thank you for listening, Germany, for sharing it, for all the multiple listeners. I don't know if you're sharing it, listening to more than once, whatever you're doing, thank you. And same thing with Egypt and Belgium. France, thank you so very much. Minneapolis, Minnesota, St. Paul, Minnesota, Chicago, Illinois, Duluth, Minnesota. Multiple listeners for all these I'm listening here. Grand Rapids, Michigan, St. Louis, Missouri, Indianapolis, Indiana, South St. Paul, Minnesota, Wichita, Kansas, Pasadena, California, Littleton, Colorado, North Carolina, because I can't pronounce the, it starts with a Y. And I'm like, I, I hate butchering names, but thank you so much, North Carolina. Farmington, Minnesota. Holyoke, Massachusetts. Cottage Grove, Minnesota. Kent, Ohio. Munich. Frankfurt, AM, Maine. Hess, like always, it's Giza or Giza. D O K K I G I Z A. Thank you so much for listening. And Flanders, Providence. Every solitary one of you. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. I am very grateful. But now you know what time it is. If you're a regular listener, it's the Bourbon Shoutout. First of all, we have Taylor Miller. Thank you so much for your time. And secondly, Al, you know who you are. I've so enjoyed chatting with you. But now this is really irritating me. I've been looking high and low. I have two people I want to thank, and I totally lost their, their names. And I it just beat me up. Again, I looked high and low. But it was a physician assistant, and her honey bunny, who, this is really a cool gig, her husband, or I don't know if it's husband or boyfriend, again, I'm so sorry, but this guy, he's the guy who waxes the snowboards for the U.S. Olympic team. I mean, how cool is that? Because she educated us a little bit. He has to, like, wherever you're going in the world, there's different kind of chemistry involved, 
or different brands you have to use for certain weather and everything else. And if you're overseas, you can use a different kind than you can here. Because of how they make it, you can't use that in the United States, but you can use it overseas. There's all these little intricacies. And she was explaining it to us while she was helping out a family member of mine. So to you, I am so grateful. Let me tell you guys, this physician assistant, hardworking, fun, funny, intelligent. It was so great to just be around her because she, she put all our minds at ease. And again, talking about her, her man, it was so cool to hear what he does. He's, you know, other places in the world and he's, he's doing all that stuff. He, I, it was awesome talking to her and I will find your names out and I apologize greatly, but to you, you were awesome. You put our minds at ease. So cheers. Now, here's another thing for this week. It, doing these all doctor's appointments and things like that, it put me way out of my schedule and my routine. Because usually, I talk about what I was listening to when I was making this show. But because of all the doctor's appointments and you know dealing with situations, I was doing this show kind of on the fly, here and there, what have you. So during this one, I didn't have any tunes playing. I was just kind of doing it on the fly. So unfortunately, no tunes this week. But now it's time for my guilty pleasure. Every once in a while I tell you about a movie I watched that's not necessarily something I'm necessarily proud of. But like I always tell you guys, watch everything. Because you never know what you're going to like. And a lot of times I love watching late night a sappy movie. So what I did this week was on Amazon Prime, there's a movie called Aloha with Love. It's about this woman. She has to go back to Hawaii. Her aunt died. And in her will, she wants her to, you know, um, fix it and then sell it and all that good stuff. And of course, all kinds of shenanigans happen. But <laughs> that's my guilty pleasure for this week. And um, it's not a bad movie. It's, I enjoyed I enjoyed it all the way because sometimes I just need that kind of movie. And it's called Aloha with Love and it's on Prime. But that's my guilty pleasure. Well, that is it. My glass awaits. I'm very thirsty. So cheers to you and to the movies. So until next time, be well, be good, and I'm gone. I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Judge. (laughs) 